Hey everyone, Brian Thomas here from the former The Batman vs. James Bond show and the upcoming The Night Cave show. Do you like noir, black and white, gritty murder mysteries? Do you like crime stories or even pulp comics? Then you're going to love Nick Palatichuk's debut graphic novel entitled The Greenway. It's 1968, and Butch Schultz, a black market merchant, finds that his friend has been murdered in a mansion in St. Paul. Now he is out looking for who did it, while the city's best detectives are on the case. Nick's graphic novel is already getting rave reviews, let me tell you. Zero Supervision Comics Podcast says, a dark, intriguing story that makes you want to know more. The Glenn Thinks Stuff Podcast says, it's explosive, captivating, and alluring. And actor Kyle Hester from The Chair, Zombie with the Shotgun, and Preacher Six says, can't wait for this book. You gotta get on this. Order your copy today at Indie Planet, A New World of Comics. That's www.indieplanet.com. Hard copies and digital copies are available, and now digital copies are only $5. That's where I said it, just $5. So make sure you order yours today. Ready? Dedication time. Dedication time. Dedication time. All right, I'm all set. What do you want to do? What do you want to dedicate to? Uh, I'd like to dedicate this to... Uh, airport. All right. Um, hmm. Well, we're going to do a lot of Minnesota themes, so how about all the Minnesota actors? I think okay. so, all yeah. Right. It right. was filmed in Minnesota. And there's uh, a lot of connections, so. Absolutely. All right. Uh, it was one of the first films that I recognized as a kid saying, hey, I've been in that airport. <laughs> <laughs> You saw it at the big Cooper Theater, and this is a landmark theater. Yes. Because it's panoramic. It is. It's, it actually uh, is curved. The The screen yeah. is curved. It's one of the first theaters in the United States, the Cooper Theater in Minnesota. Yep. And it had the curvature there, and what it showed three films in a row, so you can have the whole... So it's three setup, three different cameras all spliced into... Yep, that could, that could cover the screen, and... Yeah. Uh, There's only so many films that did that. How the West was one uh, was filmed for that very reason. An airport was, and uh, it was its premiere was there. And it at, at the time it was like everybody who's anybody from the Twin Cities area went to see this film, and it was it was at the Cooper, I guess, for like half a year. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And today uh, we're getting back together first time this year. We're going to talk about a movie that I mentioned to Dan at first. And he's like, what? Really? I was like, <laughs> well, the importance of it is um, the movie Airport. Yes. And I I love it. I, I love the movie. I'm a big, huge uh, disaster buff. Yes. It's the movie that everybody considers yes, starting the... The starting uh, point. And uh, it uh, comes from the 1969 film... Um, uh, the 1969 book from uh, yeah, Arthur, Arthur Haley. Under the same title. Yeah. All right. Before we go, we have some news about previous guests. I want to get to two before we carry on with Airport. Uh, number one, uh, I want to say uh, congratulations to Dave Palomaro. He was a previous guest talking about his movie, oh. movie Murdered Made Easy. Yes. Um, I'm going to get some information right here. Um, Scream Team will be releasing Murder Made Easy in a special Blu-ray edition May 13th. Whoa. Um, coming also on May 13th, there's a special screening at the Alamo Draft House in Winchester, 
Virginia. Uh, look, uh, follow them on Twitter to get more updates. Very cool. Um, I want to say extended congratulations to lead actress Jessica Graham. She received Best Actress in a Film for Murder Made Age Easy in the Genre Blast Film Festival. Um, also, Murder Made Easy um, has another distributor. Um, Terra Films will be releasing it digitally, so you'll be able to find it on primetime um, Amazon Prime, YouTube, and all that oh, stuff. Oh, nice. Um, that will be coming in uh, June. An exact date hasn't been formalized. So if you want to be able to look for that for our previous guests and check out the previous episode we did a while back, we had Dave on. Um, I also send out a congratulations to Tom Cronkle. Um, he was another previous guest. His film, Trouble Is My Business, the war-style movie. I love that. Um, I love that title. Not only got great reviews, but now you can it's available. Now that movie is available digitally. You can find that on Amazon Prime and YouTube. Oh, great. Um, it also won Best Thriller at the Los Angeles Film Awards this year. Best Thriller. Cool. So congratulations, Fantastic. Tom. Yes. Fantastic. All right. Um, when's the last time you were at the Minneapolis airport? Oh, good Lord. Uh, it was like about two years ago. All right. Um, flying down to see my brother in California, and uh, I remember it, not much from that point when you see uh, attention, attention. When you yeah. see the beginning of the film airport, and looking down, the first thing you see is Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a dead giveaway. It's, yeah, yeah, it's not there anymore, but yeah, that's right. And uh, it, uh, it it's kind of confusing because you have a an airport. Uh, called Lincoln Airport that in is the movie, right. in the movie that is in Chicago. Um and so it the airport is uh uh it's it's set in Chicago all even though they're using our airport, you know. Right. But um that was all right. At the time uh I had family that worked at the airport. Uh so I remember that. Um right. Well, you had an uncle that traveled all the time, too. And that's so true, could, too, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would go there often, and I remember the... Uh, it still has it, that kind of uh, curvature, uh, wavy... Uh, outside. Outside. Yeah, um, still there. Even, it's in the movie. It still looks like it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And it's kind of covered up because there's been work on it and whatnot over the years. But... I find it fascinating that there is... When you watch the movie <laughs> Airport, yeah. no screening whatsoever. You just go to the airport. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You go there, go just go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's that's a whole story plot of Helen Hayes, who was a stowaway, who does a great job in the film, by the way. Yeah, you just notice her, you just walk in, there's no And Helen Hayes and she won an uh, best she won an award. Yeah, she did. She won best actress for, for best that. supporting. I think it's best supporting. It was best supporting. Okay, yeah. yeah. But yeah, this is one of the different changes nowadays of uh, uh, somebody who just of uh, carry, you know. <laughs> you just well, how would you phrase it? I would carry on a, a yeah. Uh, what's the term? Uh, uh, stowaway. Stowaway. Yeah. yeah. Well, you now just, you just couldn't do that. Nowadays, it'd be criminal, but it was is projected as cute oh, in yeah. the movie, especially uh, especially her character. I mean, that she was a little old lady. It's a it's a harmless, uh, nonviolent crime. Right. And and it was, and then you it gotta, was innocent time back then. It I was know, a then far you, more um, naive, innocent time, and that's one of the charming aspects of this movie that I love. Right. That I didn't notice at the time when I was a kid, but now it's it's just so quaint, and it's like man, it just makes right. me wish back to those old days. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. 
Arthur Haley wrote the book in 1968. Yes. Um, based on a real event of an airplane, expo- a bomb explode on an airplane. Yeah. I think it was, I could look up the research. Um, but a guy did it for insurance claims. That's that's right. He, he thought he, if he died that his, his family, family would be taken care of. Yeah. And that's uh, why there's always in these continuation sequels, there's always about a bomb on a plane. <laughs> that's right. Um, prior to that, uh, he wrote the, a, a screenplay called Flight of the Something that turned into Zero Hour. The film oh. Zero Hour, 1956, okay. starring Dana Andrews. That's right. He did. Which his name is Ted Stryker. Yeah. And he's the guy that's <laughs> a veteran who's shell-shocked that's got to fly the plane. Yes, yes. Which, everybody uh, knows who Ted Stryker is. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Who's actually in Zero Hour? His girlfriend is the stewardess. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. The other the component to this because it, it's a long trail. Um, I think they have it's called a made-for-TV movie. Mm-hmm. My dad referenced. He talked about it. He goes, "Aren't you going to talk about this made-for-TV movie called Terra in the Sky?" I remember that one. It's starring Doug McClure. Doug McClure yeah. is what they make fun of The Simpsons. That's Troy. I'm Troy McClure. You yeah, might this, remember me from films like, yeah. you know, Lose and, Weight Through Smoking. And Troy McClure is after supposed to be inspired based on Doug McClure, the very vanilla. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> but in the movie, I think Terror the Sky is the movie that they use in the movie Airplane. Not Airport, Airplane. airplane. The voiceover. One ticket to Chicago, no luggage. <laughs> it's overdubbed, from, but it's from the made-for-TV movie. I'll be darned. Uh, Tearing the Sky, which is um, a remake of Zero Hour. Wow. You can't find it. Nobody's no. going to release it yet. You can. There's stills on the internet. And it was a TV movie. It was an ABC TV movie. I'll be darned. After this movie airport came out okay because airport was such a big success then they made this movie come out that was that was very common in the 70s too when you would have a a blockbuster of a film and then you would see kind of a uh uh, almost a mock film that was on tv it was a tv film and abc had their own film studio so did cbs so did nbc and they would have a movie of the week and you would get kind of a watered-down, um, right. lesser-known stars, uh, but something rather similar to what was just being a huge hit <laughs> in the theaters at the moment. And um, that was no exception. You're exactly <laughs> right. Um, so what happened? What I remember celebrating is actually the exterior shots, not in the non-actor shots of the mm-hmm. Minneapolis airport, were filmed February 1969. So, and primarily some of the movies with the actors wasn't really here at Minneapolis Airport. It's right. like the exterior shots and exterior of people, the that, whole concessions and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, what they wanted to use. And yeah. uh, they were looking for a city that, uh, well, a main part of the plot that takes up a good hour is that there's this one plane that is stuck on the uh, uh, runway. on the runway and they cannot, for the life of them, get it loose and it's just stuck there. Well, they it, because of the snow, and it's like, well, well, where can we go? Where can we go to, uh, you know, have that, you know, plot play itself out, and it's going to be believable. Well, we're going to go to the Twin Cities. We're going to use the Minneapolis <laughs> airport, and it worked perfectly. I guess it was this prestige of this new plane that got stuck in this Boeing. Yeah. Seven oh seven. Oh my god. Yeah. How do oh, you do that? Yeah. How, you know, and so uh, it creates more of the drama. Um, spoiler alert, when at the end of the film you have this uh, this 
plane that has a hole in it and trying to return back to the airport yes. that there's this plane already stuck on the runway and how do yeah. you move that you're going to be in a you know whole heck of a hurt so <laughs> <laughs> um this is uh, burt gans last uh, burt lancaster's in it he plays yep. uh bakerfield big Be- yeah yes. that's right and he, he considered the worst screenplay I ever saw in my life <laughs> but they're paying me enough to make it okay yep he even got a cut of the gate that's did he really yeah he got a percent of the gate too so they just kept throwing at until he said yes to yeah, it. Yeah, we're just going to keep on throwing money um, at you. Um, when I watched it, I count about, I think he smoked half a pack. <laughs> it's about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lancaster, D. Martin, who was very big at that moment. Right, Dean, uh, anti-hard work Dean. Oh, yeah? <laughs> he was very casual. Yes. And uh, Jacqueline Bissett uh, playing the love interest. Yeah. Um, one of the stewardesses. I it had to be one of her first movies. It was, yeah. And I I appreciated the work that uh, uh, George Seaton did. He directed the film. He used a lot of split screen. Um, right, and, almost like comic book. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, one scene in particular, if we're talking about Dean Martin and Jacqueline Bissett, that just strikes me when I'm, even as a kid, yeah. he's sitting in a cab. And all of a sudden, you cut to a split screen of Jacqueline Bissett um, changing in her apartment. And he's kind of gazing to the <laughs> left of the screen as if he can see her. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, and it's like, wow, okay, you know. <laughs> There's also, like, a very contem- contemporary of Dean Martin talking to Jacqueline how you know, she's pregnant. Well, Whoa. we could go to Sweden, you know. Yes. I was like, wow. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah but, you know, just throw this in there, you know. And yeah. uh, um, with any disaster film, though, the, this was the beginning of the formula that you have to have uh, larger than life characters. You have to definitely have a good sense of melodrama. Right. You know, almost soap operatic, you know, soap opera. Right. The sequels after this one oh, yeah. have very much a formula, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Which to keep up the disaster um, component of this. And all other films, too, that weren't even in this Poseidon Adventure, Earthquake, Towering Inferno, right. they all had that that soap opera aspect to it that you, you had to have. Um, and then there's this huge disaster that just, you know, is the, you know, the big, um, scene stealer that that's the reason why you came to the movie, this big special effects and, uh, the storyline and all the, the sappy dialogue, that's just an excuse, you know, between the, right. I I have to agree that the dialogue's a little stale. Yeah. It's a little stale for, but the action, the fun, the comical points of, you know, this airplane, how'd you get this? Airplane stuck at a plane, don't you know better? Yeah, stuff. <laughs> it's true. Um, they, it was in the snow, it's in the winter, yep. but to get the aesthetic look of snow falling, they used bleach yeah, they sawdust. Did. Yeah, they used bleach and like plastic white pieces and uh, yeah. uh, and a blowing machine to, to really create that. Uh, Arthur Haley wanted the, the chaos of what goes on in the airport uh, to be really shown out in the film. Almost as if it's like a city uh, amongst itself, that there's so much that goes on in an airport and the things that you do. That was a part of the cutaway screen, but also the little details that, you know, of a, what an airport goes through. Right. 24-7, constantly. Nobody yeah. sleeps. They're just, you know, they're always on. And it, uh, I, I found that kind of, you know, interesting. And it 
you know, what culminates into this plane that has this emergency that happens from this guy who um, tries to kill himself. So we're talking about how oh, there's so many Minnesota connections, not yes. only to this movie, but also to the later on other movies that go, go along with the sequels and everything. Yeah. Um, one of them was actually uncredited. She was actually uh, supposed to be one of the passengers was Marion Ross was in it. Did you yes, know? she was. Yes, did you notice she was Mrs. in Mrs. C. Mrs. Cunningham from yeah, Happy Days. She was in there. That's right. Oh, <laughs> oh, Arthur. Arthur. But she has no audio lines. And I, this is just a guess because she did another movie that year for Universal, which is called Colossus. The, okay. The, the, the Forbin Project. Very much a B movie. I was. Yeah. The last time I saw Airport, I it was the first time that I noticed that that she was in there. Oh, you do? Okay. Prior to that, all I knew about her was that she was. Uh, the doctor for the Brady kids on an episode, and she took care of the right. um, Cindy, Marsha, and uh, Jan. That you know when they had the measles. That's all, <laughs> that little cameo she had. That's all I remember. So yeah, she did two movies. She did Airport uncredited. She didn't have any speaking lines. Yeah. And then she did this Colossus movie, The Forbidden Project, both for Universal. What happens, I believe, is probably she got contracted to do two movies. Okay. And she just didn't want to do anything else. And they just like, here, we're just sticky in this big budget movie. You, you can <laughs> get credit for doing two movies. Yep. And then your contract's up. And then that's probably, it probably was a contractual obligation to yeah, do Yeah, it, it must have been. Because yeah. she's not an extra. She's an extra, a legitimate star. Oh, yeah. She's been in business for over 10 years. But so. she doesn't say anything. She doesn't, has, yeah. yeah. She And it's like, what are you, Mrs. <laughs> C, what are you doing in this movie? <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's true. Um, so that also, I think uh, one best costume, which is really weird for this movie, was Edith Head, and she won best costume. She was designing all the outfits oh, for everybody. Okay. I don't know why it's not sticking out as costuming for this movie. I think it's just I, I, I don't know, maybe an obligation. But anybody who anybody knows who Edith Head is, yeah. Anytime she she hooked up her saddle to Alfred Hitchcock, and she he allowed great freedom to allow to do dresses. She was very good at self promotion. I would say she was a fantastic at what she did. Mm-hmm. But she was very well allowed to do some great works in movies, you know, like *To Catch a Thief*, where she's obviously allowed great freedom from Alfred Hitchcock. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> and that—that's an amazing thing. And if you ever want to know what she looks like, you don't have to Google it. Just watch *The Incredibles* animation. The lady who draws up their outfits, right, is inspired by Edith Head with the glasses and oh, the haircut. Right, that's exactly what she looked like. <laughs> okay, but I think she was very well, awesome at marketing herself rather than projecting great material. I think she knew how to market herself very well. And she hooked up to Alfred and a very good directors, allowed her to explore and operate. All of the aspects te- technically of this film, like you say, is just amazing. You know, yeah. between, um, yeah, uh, the wardrobe as well as the, even the special effects that we kind of take for granted, but at the time were top notch. Uh, right, especially if we go see it in a panoramic oh, c- cinescope kind right. of a- and the thing about the airport films, too, is that when you see the first one, you say to yourself, well, this is plausible. You know, OK, I get this one. Um, this can be terrifying, especially I kind of had a crush on Jacqueline Bissett, too. And so well, I, felt, well, I you, felt really bad when she was shaking the bathroom door and then it blows up on her and she's got <laughs> splinters in her eyes. I mean, that that kind of traumatized. Me. I, I, I believe uh, old Dean had because I sent to the interview. He was interview on set of airport. And he's yeah. like, who are you working with? Well, a wonderful just a could just not <laughs> stop talking about it. her name is. 
Jacqueline Bissett. Yeah. <laughs> he took a long time to make sure he spelled it right. I could see that. Uh, um, the cinematographer for Airport was Ernest Lazio. Oh, uh, uh, well known. Well known. I mean, uh, you know, from the '40s all the way to uh, the '60s. Um, did a bunch of films. This is primarily one of the last ones he did. The last one he ever did was one of your favorite, Logan Run. Logan, oh. Logan's Run. That Logan was, Run. I'm sorry, very underrated. Some people will think overrated, but I like Logan's Run. Yeah. I heard rumor every once in a while it comes up the river saying we're going to make a remake of this. Right. And nothing happens about it, but I uh, I do like Logan Run. Absolutely. Um, and then he did win Academy Award for Ships of Fools, 1965. He also was the cinematographer for Fantastic Voyage. Oh, yeah. now that's a movie. That's yeah. that's a movie. Wasn't Fantastic Voyage inspiration from uh, inspiration for Inner Space? Yes, yes, it was. Kind of the same. Uh, they're very similar films. I mean, you have a little. Uh, a little micro ship that is floating through a body. And there's so many things that, you know, from well, there. The interesting thing about Ernest Lasnell's career is he did two movies involve a court case at the same time as almost si- coincide back to back. So he did Inherit the Wind. Oh, he, oh, with Spencer Tracy. Uh, Spencer Tracy. And then the next year he did Judgment at Nuremberg. Both movies oh. that are courtroom. Spend, uh, with, uh, um, well, everybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starring, starring yeah, everybody, right. yeah. With again Spencer Tracy and uh, Maximilian Shell and was it Liz? And, I think uh, no, Liz. Judy, was, Judy, Judy Garland. Judy was Garland. Okay. Yeah, Judy Garland and uh, just a great film. Uh, Burt Lancaster again was yeah. in Judgment at Nuremberg. Wearing a suit, he always wears a suit. Yes, um, <laughs> I just want to state this now, Voodoo. If you're listening to us, please get Judgment at Nuremberg so I can see Judgment at Nuremberg. On it is Voodoo. in black and white, isn't it? It is in black and white. Yeah, <laughs> great film. Great film. Um, George uh, George Seaton yeah. uh, directed Airport. He's kind of a journeyman. Yeah, he is a journeyman. Um, probably the most well-known film that he directed besides Airport would be actually the 1947 Miracle on 34th Street. With, really? Uh, that's yeah, it? Yeah, with Natalie Wood. That's a huge Marina gap. Hara. It's a huge gap. He he also was kind of a jack-of-all-trades, too. He was a, <coughs> he was kind of a script doctor. Um, a couple of his uh, paraphrasings went into the 39 Wizard of Oz. Um, okay. So, yeah, he, he kind of was a little bit of everything. So, it's kind of a jack-of-trades. Yeah. I mean, he probably did probably everything, and then finally goes up to directing. Yep. Yeah. And so. he made a, oh, this was his most famous film, and it's very competent. Um, if anything, the the dialogue, like you said, is kind of tired. It is, um, a lot of the critics at the time used the word uh, old-fashioned, you know? Right. Well, I wanted to bring it up because this is old-fashioned Hollywood. Yeah. Because um, the genre of disaster really wasn't, a, you know, was just starting, but... Uh, a lot of people kind of referred it back to um, the and basically the structure of like Grand Hotel, yeah, where you have a whole um, slew of actors, well-known actors. Yeah, right? the story isn't so much; it's the and star power. That's exactly it. it. Just, <laughs> and so this, it was Grand Hotel, yeah. you know. And I remember I get to see him. It. God, this script's horrible. Just throw actors <laughs> at it. Just it'll get yeah. better. Just throw it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wallace Berry, you yeah. know. Uh, um, Dorothy Lamore, uh, but the um, the thing is, is with Grand Hotel, there's no disaster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it's just bad dialogue that just keeps on going. But um, 
that was the new thing with the disaster film. It's like we're going to have yeah. something like Grand Hotel, throw a lot of actors in it, have a lot of melodrama, but then something big's going to happen to all of them, you know, and epic. Yeah. Epic. Yeah, you're either going to be happy or sad to see these people with, you know, um bad scripts, you know, die. <laughs> it's it's uh, you know, it's kind of a crapshoot. It was the blockbuster idea, the summer blockbuster idea. Right. During the early 70s. Now, well, eventually, it started in the 70s that you needed something in the summer that to was make exactly your money. It. If yeah. you look at Jaws, in many respects, it's a disaster film. You know? It's a disaster it, horror movie. Yeah, it's a disaster horror movie. There's this shark that's floating around, you know, and right. uh, it's, it's no mistake that Jaws was competing with Earthquake. Um, same summer, uh, Airport 77 was competing with uh, King Kong. Well, you have. The disaster movies, yep. and I would argue, um, you know, the history of film was the coveting of old Hollywood. Yes. And then you have Jaws and Godfather, which is competing with the what we regard New Hollywood. New Hollywood, I agree. Yep. Yeah. That, that is so true. Because they latch on their wheels to the old Hollywood structure yep. of how you get everything made and like then grand hotel you yeah. know and throw a lot of throw a lot of well-known actors at it right and you know kind of like the little toy in the bottom of the cereal box you know for the big eventually event. <laughs> you know the ship's gonna turn over the plane's gonna blow up you know okay the building's on fire and william holden has to find a way to you yeah. know save everybody it you know it's basically what the disaster genre is and airport was one of the best of them you know, like I said, it was a, it was a believable disaster. You know, you could see right. it happening. As they went on, it got more and more. As with a horror movie, the, the body count has to be higher. Well, every time, you, yeah, you do sequels, it yep. has to be more, more gaudy. That's right. The body count has to be higher. There yeah, has to good. be more blood and gore. And the same thing with disaster films. And so Airport 75 had Karen Black and Charlton Heston. Well, I was going to get into that. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually my, out of the most of them, this is actually my favorite. Oh, there's a lot to like about it. Yeah. It's a little more faster. Yep. Um, And yeah, Karen Black is going out with Charlton Heston. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Watch people. Watch it just for that reason. I know. And the first scene that you see yeah. is the, the the soap opera send up. You know, it's right. like Charlton Heston. Hey, let's kind yeah. of get together with the time we have. And Lady, she, you're all right. Yeah. yeah. And she's thinking, is that all you think about? What I like about the '75 movie yeah. based on Airport is the outfit is not looking to. It's contemporary. Right. It looks like a snapshot, almost like a documentary style, how people dress dress that way. Yeah. That's thank you. Yes, um, I've always been saying this. Uh, disaster films are time capsules because they want to show what's popular at the moment. Nineteen seventy-five. Yeah. Charlton Hess can wear can wear an ascot, and nobody's going to question him. No, right. <laughs> the other the, the nice thing about this is when the formula takes place at the airport. Nineteen seventy-five, yes. where you need. An old actress coming in. Yep. You need a young star to come in. and That's yeah. right. There was always this um, a kind of, uh, which became a tradition with the airport films. There was a uh, a dame uh, from the old from from the old um, days. Oh, the old days, yeah. Yeah. And this this one, I don't want to... Yeah, or, airport had Helen Hayes, and yeah. Airport 75 had two, actually. Myrna, Myrna Loy. Myrna Loy and Gloria Steinem. Gloria Steinem. And the best thing about Myrna Loy, she's famous for the Thin Man series. Yes, that's exactly Nick right. Nick and Nora Charles, who are drinkers with detective problems, right? Yeah. yeah. But 
in the whole movie of 75, people are questioning her. <laughs> A drink, and yeah. she, what are you talking about? You do this. That's right. And she's. You don't tell how Merlo had a drink. Yeah. She's with Norm. She's with these three drunks. These three guys that are doing the uh, red oh, eye. The three. The it's three guys are the Jerry Stiller, Norman Fell, and uh, I, I forget the character actor, but he was. Um, he, a lot of TV shows. I yes, would. he was a lot of TV. Mark and Mindy was one too, and uh, they're drinking and being rowdy, and she's she's. She's matching them drink for drink. In fact, she gets a boiler maker, Myrna Loy. It's yeah. it's just amazing. And so there's there's a lot of that. There's a lot of cameos. Yeah, and Karen yeah. Black, I think, became famous for horror movies. Yes, she did. She became a primary kind of B movies. Yeah, yeah. Pr- pretty much in the B movies. But you find her a lot more in that horror genre. Yeah. Um, another p- surprise. This is a. George Kennedy makes an appearance again. Yep. He maintains this. With the same character, too. With the same character and yeah. the same attitude, but he builds up but higher Joe, credibility, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Joe Petroni, you will actually see him. You know, he, he was in maintenance and in, in the airport, you know, fixing yeah. old, uh, you know, planes and that. And every pl- every show, he systematically climbs Get, up the ladder. Climbs up the ladder, yeah. That's beautiful. The- yeah. And then there's this one. There's a nice scene where George Kennedy... Um, Jar- Charlton Heston and Larry Stork. Larry, that's right. They all have a scene together. Larry Stork plays a uh, kind of a local newsman. Yeah, um, he's like an investigated little. He plays a little nag, getting in everybody's way. He's trying yeah, to get a little weasel in a um, kind of very loud suit. He's beautiful yeah. at it. He yeah. does a fantastic job um, uh, to to see him really in action. And he's still alive. And he's still alive. God yeah. bless him. Yeah, it's, um, it's just great. There's a great. There's a. B movie somewhere in the early '90s made f- with George Kennedy and Andrew Stevens. Oh, guy, two guys were famous in the '70s, right? And they made this apocalyptic movie. I can't remember if you can find it. George Kennedy and Andrew Stevens. Okay, and it's I. It's one of those like I know you know exactly who that is, Andrew Stevens. You right. know exactly. I know, I, that. I know that's Stella Stevens' boy, um, yeah, son. Um, and who's a big star in the '70s, and yeah. he kind of went away. Yeah, I know he just he was there and then he was gone. Um, but uh, and then speaking of big stars, yeah. before he got famous in the 1975 movie was Eric. Estrada. Yes. He's in the cockpit. Um, he's in the cockpit. You'll see him in like cameo. I have he was in the movie Midway too. It's like it, it, um, oh, really? Yeah. You'll see Estrada, he'll just kind of pop up, you know, every <laughs> once in a while, you know, in, in the seventies films before before chips. But um seventy five the premise is uh the um the plane is flying and there's a small um uh one seater of uh sounds like a salesman and yeah. he, he wants to make it uh and it's only set up by one scene you know yeah separate from the airplane there's another right. thing setting up yeah and he it really doesn't invest too much it's just a small scene to set up the scene of the disaster to get the thing going we don't even know the guy's name but he's like i've got to get to he's a salesman i've got to get to this one point to get my commission you know so i have to be in montana by such and such a date so he gets into the cockpit it's bad weather he's flying you see you know he gets a heart attack of all right. things right i had no premise when watching this and i saw this and i turned to my wife and went, i know what's gonna happen yeah yeah, there's no, you know, make no mistake. There is no it, it, mystery. My, in this. my wife looks up her phone. She goes, even I know, and I'm not even watching. <laughs> there is, yeah, there's no suspense in this film, but it's fun. It's fun. Oh, people. yeah, I had a blast watching Oh, it. yeah. Because the cock, 
well, I don't want to give it away, but they had a transpeta pilot in. It was yep. wonderful. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. So, okay, so the little plane crashes into the cockpit, and you'll see the one of the pilots kind of like fly out. And oh Ephra- yeah, yeah. And Ephraim Zimbalist Junior is the other pilot. He's the he's the main pilot, but he's too beat up to really do anything. Oh, they all yeah. Karen Black sees the whole situation. It's just, it's chaos. Yeah. And she's it's like, great. there's nobody here to fly the plane. But it has a great Charlton Hesse scene. Damn oh. it, man, it's going to be me. I'm going to do it. It's like, right. that's <laughs> I go, I bet it wasn't even written. He just knew he needed to do that. Yep. It's going to be me, man. <laughs> and you've, uh, Airplane said this is really a juicy show. So they did airlift a lot of the, uh, the airplane. Yeah. Uh, you have Linda Blair. So which, I wanted to, I'm going to. I want to. Oh, Linda Blair's in it as a little sickly child. She's the sickly child, <laughs> you know, that she needs to get to the hospital for right. a, for a new kidney transplant. And, and so, you have the nun that's oh, folky. you have you know, uh, you have yeah, you've got Helen Reddy as the nun. Yeah, you know, will you be a friend to yourself? And she's got the guitar, you know, so you've got that acoustic, which was really kind of popular back in the seventies. Yeah. Um, so I want to give uh, directed by Jack Smite. Jack Smite was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota, 1925. Hmm. He directed uh, Executioner, No Way to Treat a Lady, Rabbit Run, Loving Couples, Midway, Harper, which was uh, Paul Newman's noir Harper movie. And they did Airport 1975. Jack Smite was in college. His best friend was Peter Graves. I'll be down. We went to school together. Oh wow! I and both didn't with know both that. went to Minneapolis schools together too. And yeah. which is a funny because Peter Graves eventually will be in Airplane. Airplane. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you like movies about gladiators. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a many different. I mean, yeah. Mary Ross, Jack Smite, Peter it's Graves. One of those things where yeah. it's um um. Like so many separations, uh, yeah. nine degrees of separation, right? Well, I think that's what Eric Estrada, because you mentioned he was in Midway, yeah. and Jack Smite probably direct him in Midway. It's, and it's true too. And also, we live in a more um, uh, well, we we have different um, values and morals, you know, and, right. and how you would uh, interact socially. Uh, just the the attitude with the. Uh, stewardesses, which their words, not mine, and the pilots, very right. Swinging. We won't say steward anymore. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't even bother. It's flight attendant. It was, it's flight attendant. Yeah. Uh, but just their kind of the um, just footloose and fancy free with the flirting. Oh yeah, the air, airport it, where and she's yeah, like, <laughs> I know. When D Martin, you why don't you start a new airplane company? I'll get all you ladies and yeah. Be, yeah. Oh baby, hurt me. I mean, there are scenes in there where I was sitting back and thinking, oh my god, these are the kind of films that you watch uh, when you want your company team to like not have any sexual harassment right. <laughs> reports or anything, or company policy and not slapping your exactly. passengers. Which exactly, the flight attendant she really did slap Helen Hayes. Yeah, yeah. gave her a good whack. <laughs> <laughs> you need to settle down. Uh, oh. And uh, uh, when it came to um, the third one, uh, I uh, whoa, whoa, well, before we get to Airport Seventy Seven, okay, because we definitely need to talk about that. All right, um, I want to take a little break. No problem. So we'll talk, and then we'll get back to Airport 77, and then we'll find out what the movie Airplane was all about. Yeah, and we'll be right back. 
Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is The Amazing Nerd Show. We're a podcast that takes a deep dive into nerd culture. Every episode, we will talk comics, movies, video games, and even wrestling. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Podbean. The Amazing Nerd Show. The show you never knew you wanted. And it's my fault. I forgot that Sid, Sid Caesar's in there. He's like, yeah, pan- he he's, he's in a panic attack. Yeah. 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 Sid Caesar, in fact, Sid Caesar sits next to Myrna Loy. Now, he had his own TV show. Remember that? Before yeah. the, the, oh, Sid, yeah. the Sid Caesar happy hour. Well, there was Sid Caesar. When he started, there was our, you know, your show of shows. Your show of shows, yeah. Which was live. And then, yeah, he's he was always a, um, uh, he, Always on TV in, in yeah. one form or another. So he had, I think it was like the Sid Caesar Hour, yeah. where a bunch of like famous writers in there, like Mel Brooks, oh, Mel Brooks. Woody Allen, and yeah. all these comedians were writers Carl for Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner and all of these guys were yeah. written for Sid Caesar. Bef- and, you know, before they were oh, yeah. famous. But then, um, gosh, I watched it last night. He was in, you know, Mad, Mad, Mad World. Yep. And he was just because he was a fit. I mean, everybody forgets how strong of a guy is. I mean, he was actually bulked, yeah. Right. And Mel Brooks always said the inspiration for the socking of the horse, yeah, because he saw Sid Caesar do it. (laughs) Oh, in Blazing Saddle. Blazing Saddle goes. He goes. I got the. I went to visit him on his ranch, and his horse was not behaving. He went and socked the horse to the ground. And I go. I got to use it in my movie. (laughs) That's beautiful. He goes. I also saw Sid pull a taxi out through the window when he overcharged him. God, we were yeah, in a taxi in York, and the guy goes, hey, it's such and such. The hell it is? He goes, he reached out the window, he pulled him right through and beat the crap. <laughs> yeah, he, he was a very intimidating guy. I know. Yeah. Hey, he had the you, best cameo for Grease, man. Oh, yes, he did. Yeah. Put the bat down. Yeah. Oh, we're going to eventually win then bring yeah. that victory belt. Uh, but Gloria Swanson, uh, eventually we have to talk about it is Sunset yeah. Boulevard. Oh yes! Eventually we'll get to it. But well, we definitely have to. Uh, Billy Wilder and uh, but she's another William Holden. Film. But she's regurgitating what she did in Sunset Boulevard in nineteen yeah, seventy. Yeah, I used to be famous and all that stuff, which is kind of funny for us because we know what she's talking about. Yep, and she actually talks about Cecil B. DeMille. So she's almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's almost. She's doing this interview. <laughs> yeah, and it's like she's not Gloria Swanson. She's. You know, she she's Nora Desmond. She's Nora Desmond, right? Yeah, in Airport Seventy Five. And now in Airport Seventy Five, they actually hired 
Dana Andrews from Zero Hour. Yes, they did. So he's in there too. It's all <laughs> this play on from previous it, stuff. Yeah, is it is it history? I mean, is it real? Is it uh, make believe? The the lines are crossed, but who cares? Hollywood's having fun. The show is a lot of fun. There's right. a reason why it made forty seven million and only cost three. Holy, but, I mean, yeah. that's seventy five. That's nineteen seventy five money. That, you're and that's seventy five money. And of course, the critics eviscerated it. But the thing is, it's obvious they weren't in on the joke. You know, it's like, well, are you really thinking this is serious? This is (laughs) right. You're not going to fly a pilot into the right. Right. Yeah. Um, So it did so well. Yep. And everybody's it's on everybody's radar. And why the heck? You know, everybody's like producers aren't dumb. Hey, this made a bunch of money. That's, it should make a bunch of money again. Yep. So they true. did it in 1975 based on the same book, right? Yep. So it's Airport 1977. Yeah. Did it come out in the summer? Airport 77, um, they always did it like the year ahead. So actually it was 76. Airport ah. 77, because I remember this. Came out I, in 1976. It, December of 76. December of 76. And they All called right. it Airport 77. So it was a, it was a Christmas. Sh- it was like around the Christmas season. All right. And I remember this specifically because it was my fourth grade birthday. And I had a choice. Um, <laughs> do you want to go see uh, Dino De Laurentiis' King Kong? Or do you want to see Airport 77? Can I see both? Can we do I, it like I that? know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we opted for King Kong, but um, I saw, you know, heck, I saw Airport 77 the next week. And uh, <laughs> this right. this one, Jack Lemmon um, right. and, and Brenda Vaccaro, Christopher Lee was also in this. Yes, he he's um, one of those business guys yeah yep. very very um, brooding you know he's doing he's doing what he always does you know? yeah that's oh and he does it so well he does and, uh, now the guy who runs the the the, the, the plane I, I own the plane yeah, yeah, that's jimmy stewart jimmy, yeah, yeah j- j- jimmy <laughs> well that's sensational yeah yeah he um he owns i don't think the- they share a scene together no they jack don't. lemon and jimmy i don't think that yeah but they're he in doesn't. it yeah but he starts he starts the uh, show because he owns he owns the airlines. Right, it's a helicopter. Yep. Yeah. And um, Lemon is in there, which is you know a lot of fun because he you know his expressions and mannerisms you know um, yeah. fly the fly the plane Max fly the plane. God, right, because <laughs> Jack can do so many things. Oh yeah, he can. He can do drama. He can, he can do, do comedy. Comedy. He's, he's multifaceted. That actor. God, how many movies did these seventies? He's probably doing tw- oh, two movies God. a week. Uh, he, yeah, he, he was almost in anything, and he was very popular at the time that seventy seven came out. the The premise of it is um, really far fetched. Gets in the water. Yep. Ah! <laughs> I was like, this is like Poseidon Adventure. It is, and yeah. that's the, one of the reasons why I Wait, liked it. Poseidon Adventure came after this. Oh, far after this. Uh, I wanted to get the idea. Uh, um, Poseidon, no, Poseidon Adventure came before it. Okay. Uh, 72. Um, but. Uh, oh. Right. The sequel, Poseidon Adventure, came out after yeah, this. 1980. 1980, yeah. right. Yeah, which was directed by Erwin Allen. That was his first time directing and not producing. It's all right. That's what. It's, it's not Poseidon Adventure 2 is just like these movies. The, yeah. You just throw they, a bunch of good actors in exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Almost, in fact, you can't make a bad disaster film because, like, the worse it gets, the more fun it is when you watch it. Yeah. Um, now, the. The premise here is there. They have there's a bunch of precious uh, art 
paintings. Oh, that's right. And they're going to um, hijack. Them, yeah, they're going to hijack the plane, and they're going to um, put everybody to sleep with this gas. And God, it sounds like a plan from the comic books of Joker. I know. It's true. It's it's really out there, you know. And they, they have a, they have their own pilot. They're going to fly the plane on this one deserted island in the Caribbean. They have a plane waiting for them. They have all of the paintings, and they're going to take off. And these people will wake up. And well, it's set up very brilliantly how these yeah. people are networking and they're using codes and switching suitcases. Oh, it's, that's very, right. it's, it's very, it's very FBI cloak and dagger, right? Yeah, and you're and like, so I think the scriptwriters said, you know, let's do something a little new, you know, let's do a little espionage in here, and that, and that's what it is the beginning of the film, and of course, uh. It's a foggy night. Things don't go right. Yeah. Um, and there's this oil rig that's out in the ocean, and it clips one of the wings. God, it was a good model when they ruined it. <laughs> yeah. And it crashes. <laughs> While well, everybody's out. asleep, right. it crashes into the ocean. And then you have Jack Lemon and uh, Olivia de Havilland and this one guy who happens to be blind but plays really great piano. They're all looking up and going, where are we? Yeah. You know? Yeah. We're in the ocean. <laughs> well, how did that happen? <laughs> so, and then there, um, Olivia de Havilland, she was in Gone with the Wind. God, she's still alive. She's got to be like 90, yeah, 98 years old. Oh, God bless her. Yeah. yeah. And she's, um, she's in this film. Yeah, she's yep. in it. She plays the old Hollywood, which is like, and this is 76, man. You're, you're 2018. You're still alive. Yeah. Right. Um, Joseph Cotton is in there from The Third Man. That's right. Joseph uh, Cotton is also who in there. Who actually looks like he really enjoyed his whiskey and cigarettes. Uh, he, yeah. yeah. You kind of see the years haven't been the best to him. Right. Um, Gil Gerard, who played Buck Rogers in the- Gil uh, Gerard, yes. Yep, he, I, I figured you would get that one. Yep. He, he was in there, uh, and Christopher uh, Lee, and Lee Grant- is also in there. Uh, Lee Grant from... Uh, uh, she played the mother in Damien Omen too. Right. She was actually blacklisted during the uh, um, the Hollywood um, witch hunts. Um, really? Yeah, because she went to a couple of uh, communist meetings. I don't know. But she really didn't work for a while, so... Lee Grant, um, right. Her name was Lee Grant, and she played... Here's the soap opera. She played Christopher Lee's uh, wife, um, and Gil Gerard was... Have an affair with her, right? And, and then she started drink, drinking yeah, in the movie. Yeah, her her yeah. personality's really nasty. Um, another one noticed was um Darren McGavin. Yes, he's the dad from A Christmas Story, and he had a great TV show, The Night Stalker. Did oh, you remember that classic? I love that classic. Movie. Right. Great, great character actor, yeah. Darren McGavin. Yeah, but, um, that's in. Everybody does a great job. There's no lazy acting in there. Everybody seems to have a really good time. You know, I, I, I'm not. I don't want to. I'm going to talk about the ending. Okay. So if you want to, if you want to move ahead forward, no, I don't mind. No, for the <laughs> listeners. Yes. So the ending, they pull it out, right? Yep. They but it, I love I love the well balloons no less yeah you know, the balloons but they like the techniques used to lift this airplane are you real life used for the navy it's like. We're not BSing you here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we BSed you the whole way. Yeah, right. <laughs> could, could a plane? Could a plane withstand the 
ocean pressure of, uh, you know, like, of even a crash. Look, this is all BS, but the end, <laughs> it, could, uh, it could happen. You know, so we want you to, you know, we want you to have a suspension of disbelief for an hour and 45 minutes. The last right. 20, you know, hey, um, yeah, you, you can rely on us. <laughs> Whoever did the... Obviously not the original artworks, but yeah. whoever re, whoever made them or or did them or how they print out looks authentic. They yeah. probably did like a huge gigantic printout and just. I, I think you're right. Yeah, uh, they, they look really like, too. They look authentic, <laughs> but this one has it's not a it's a hole in the plane, right? Yeah. And they kind yeah, of it's stop the, it. The pressure kind of keeps on getting too great, and like Poseidon Adventure. Uh, it the water keeps going you know higher and higher and it's it's a super colossal plane it has like it has like oh yeah the upper it has the upper deck and the yeah. lower deck because it has to and it has that shade carpeting and it has the shade carpeting baby <laughs> dun, total dun, shade dun, dun, dun. wood paneling <laughs> yep and the wood paneling <laughs> and the that kind of burnt orange so. Oh yes, that vomity green and the burnt <laughs> yeah, orange, right. which is just was in your cookware too. Yeah, it, that it was. Yeah, and uh, uh, now as so we're moving, we're edging closer and closer to uh, Airport Seventy Nine, the Concord. I um, I have to admit, I I've watched it. I did too. I've I've the thing is, but I haven't watched it through. I've never been able to we were talking about disaster films and how much fun they are for the life of me i just i nobody can i can't i, I haven't mean, found anybody to be able i i, I digest about and i tr it's digest hard yeah and it's like there's I, nothing to it i hit a wall right. i jimmy jj walker's in it um of course george kennedy uh robert wagner i remember and if yeah. i remember the quick premise is that the it's the Concorde and it's the it's, largest best airplane. Yep, of course it always is, right? And isn't there like a rocket that's after it? Or a... I didn't get that far. <laughs> we didn't get that far. Folks. I just tried hard to digest we don't it have because any it's more just, material. But it, it's hard to because it's it gets to that stage where it gets overly yeah baked and rebaked and and, and that was the thing and yeah. and um you know we were talking I was talking about uh what. Airport 75 and Airport 77 was competing against. Yeah. Well, Airport 79, the Concord, was actually competing against Airplane, which made the whole premise and the, you know, it was a joke, you know? Right. And I'm sorry, but Airplane was a lot more It's going to kill, right. <laughs> airplane actually has, Airplane has an authentic story to yeah. it. Yeah. It's not just slapstick comedy. There's actually a story, story there, before. and it's, but it, it, it's like all the troop that we saw yep. poured into this movie, and it's still it's actually got into the stratosphere that what is making fun of doesn't matter anymore. That's right. It was yeah. It's true. It's like this is up for ridicule, which totally took the the sales out of Airport Seventy Nine, the Concord. No matter how tongue in cheek it was, no matter how campy it was, right. that mystique was gone because now it's played for straight slapstick, which is not camp. You know, it's it's way too obvious. And it was um, it was a death knell. It was a, well, basically a death knell for all disaster films. Right. When Airplane came out in eighty, right? Mm -hmm. And it started with Jaws. 
Yes. The, the airplane in the sky. <laughs> That's right. You, you know right then and there. Dun, 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 dun. Right. Yep. And, you know, and then all <laughs> shoots up and, you, and then you hear the dramatic music. Right. It knew exactly. And you knew that the Zucker brothers loved those movies. Right. They it's those they're movies. not making yeah. fun of because they hate them. No, they, they made fun of them because they loved those movies and they right. loved them. Um, I can't reiterate Barbara that Billingsley more. is going to be the old lady on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Just hang loose, blood. <laughs> She's going to come on a rebound with a medicine. Right, right. <laughs> God. Oh, great. But the, the, what works for Airplane is they hired people that predominantly weren't famous yeah. for comedy. Leslie the, Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen, um, Peter Graves. Peter Graves. I remember Robert Hayes wasn't known for doing no, comedy. They, no, were all they, were, so, they were all serious actors. B. Yeah. Be actors, but serious actors. Right. Um, and they just couldn't. I mean, Leslie Nielsen is fantastic as, the, you know, as the straight man, you know, because he's right. just he's just so funny. As, and he played that as the doctor so straight, you know. And and, and, then, and then the third act where it gets even better, you have Robert Stack <laughs> yeah. and Lloyd Bridges, who are not known for doing comedy. No, That's what works well. You like these serious actors. And then the funny thing is, after Airplane, Robert Stack did um, Unsolved Mysteries. That's right. Where it's even back to, you know. <laughs> back to his serious, his serious mo. Yeah, yeah. true. And um, all of the, uh, uh, just the dialogue, you know. Uh, you yeah. could tell that the Zookers, they, they were lovers of film, you know. Because how many movies are in there? I mean, there's an homage to Saturday Night Fever of... Uh, um, from here to eternity. We've mentioned Jaws. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Jaws. Uh, there's the Knut Rockney story. You know. Um, yeah. The win one the, for the zipper. The zipper. <laughs> you know. Excuse me, Doc. I got a plane to land. <laughs> you know. Right. There's so many that they reference. Oh in yeah. There. And it's in, in, in Zero Hour as well. Zero Hour and Airport 75 as well. Um, there's they they just love movies and um, it. It wasn't mocking or, oh, we're going to put it down. It was like, no, we love these films, and we love the reason why they're so goofy. And, and everybody everybody loves the troupe of the guy and the girl, and he leaves on a train. But why would you do it, why you do it on an airplane? <laughs> Better get on board, son. <laughs> but the funny thing is um, they did um, uh, a, a documentary about uh, Doug Kenny. Doug Kenny yeah. did National Lampoon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. It was on Netflix. I think it was. Uh, and Airplane was coming out the same time as Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Yeah. And he crazy. and the whole point of Doug Candy, his life, he went to see Airplane. Yeah. And he goes, my life is ruined. Well, <laughs> he goes, Caddyshack can't compete with that. And it didn't yeah. have to. Um, it, it, it's a different kind of humor, you know. It and, is a different kind of humor. But he was so... Uh, Kenny was so wrapped up in his own creation and, right. you know, he just, he couldn't see past that. It was such a kind of tragic because Caddyshack is, is it's its own funny. It's its own. That's a great way of putting it. It is. It's its own funny. And it looks like sometimes when you do a comedy, you need to bring an old guy yep. to bring in or something old to bring into the new Rodney Dangerfield. And they bring in Rodney. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. It works so well, but he couldn't see that because. The thing with airplane is it works like a machine gun of jokes. I mean, it's just right. It's like well, Marx Brothers. Oh my God! It's one after the after after the other, and if the, the one falls flat, who cares? There's going to be another one that's going to crack you up in a right, second. Right. And so it's it's you're just bombarded. 
Um, yeah, at the Mayo Clinic, there's jars of mayo. <laughs> no, the heart starts flying up and down. And, yeah. Oh, God. Because uh, you always put that in disaster movies, the time essence. She yeah. needs to get there. Uh, yeah, so at this st- moment. Yeah. Or everything's going to, and then that makes you want to, you're basically <laughs> looks like a hose coming out. You're sweating so much, right? <laughs> That's right. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. Now, did you see Airplane in the theater? Yes, I did. Did you really? I did. Yep, I saw airplane in um, in the theater. It was a little bit later, but I I did I did see it. Yeah. Oh my god, was it just like packed? It was. It was huge. It was a huge hit. Nobody saw. Nobody really saw a comedy like that before. Because I remember as a kid, it's everybody, yeah. all the young. I mean, everybody, teenagers, like you got to see it, man. Oh yeah, it's um, and a lot of the jokes, if you look upon it, are kind of old, but they were no. so old that they were new, and. As a kid, you're sitting there, and it's like one after the other after the other, and it's just not just verbal jokes, but there's visual jokes, and there's slapstick, and there's always there's something right. happening constantly in that movie um, that you just, afterwards, you just kind of got exhausted. No, it is, it is a climbing Everett's of comedy. After a while, yeah. you're just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm thinking about the film, and I'm laughing right now. Right. So The best thing he ever did to Leslie Nielsen was don't try to be funny. Yeah. And Just do it straight. He is, and he did it completely <laughs> straight. <laughs> hmm. Well, all right. Well, that's the reason why we talk about airport. Yep. And it evolved into airplane, and that's kind of. I, I think that's the best way to end it because airport yeah. seventy nine. It's it's. I mean, that, we've that's we not tr- a proper ending for the other three films. Hollywood's tried disaster movies yeah. again. I mean, you had like Deep Impact and all those Armageddon and yep. all that. They've deep, tried it. Yeah, there was there was that resurgence, almost what you want to call the neo disaster. Yeah. Uh, Poseidon was remade and rebooted. Uh, um, Titanic. There was um, one where there was a volcano erupting in L.A. with oh, Tommy Lee Jones yep, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, there was and volcano. There was, was one with um, Dante's Peak with Pierce Dante's Brosnan. Dante's Peak with, with Pierce Brosnan. So there's always somebody trying to start it up yeah, again. Yeah, starting up the disaster. And I think there was enough of them in the 90s where you could kind of say, oh, a resurgence, but nothing like the 70s. <laughs> really. No, where it actually was like, oh, that's good. Let's go see it. But yeah. nowadays it's kind of like really when I mean. That's true. I think the latest one was Geostorm. And it was, oh, I remember that. You heard about that. And yeah, Geostorm, eat. Deep Impact, uh, the day, at, was it the day after tomorrow? Uh, yeah, so somebody's always trying. Oh, it yeah. just doesn't have the gravity that yeah, these did in the true. 70s. Yeah, like the 70s. I think that they'll always, I think they'll always be out there, you know, Somebody will make, you know. But but you need Charlton Heston. You need Charlton Heston. You need Irwin <laughs> Allen. I'm sorry, people. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, it's not over till you say it's over. It's over. Yeah.